Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bare Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and with me is my co-host, Reese. Reese, it was an active week in the NFL. Uh, man, man, it's it's been it's been crazy. How how was your experience this past week? I mean, it felt like every five seconds I had to check my phone or I was behind on things. Yeah, dang. I mean, just the the refreshing the Twitter feed, right? Um, but yeah, it was nuts. I I mean, I think what we talked about last podcast about them pushing the trade deadline back, and you said they could push it back even more. But I think yeah. even to the point where it is pushed back now, you saw a lot of moves. Um, I mean, the Kelvin Ridley one was one that was definitely a shocker um, to see him get traded to Jacksonville, to watch Chubb get moved, and a variety of other moves, you know, big and small. Um, so it was definitely a crazy deadline day and everything building up to it as well so yeah man a lot to digest the bears were a very active participant within it so yeah it's interesting time for the league interesting time to be a bears fan for sure i'm so happy the nfl trade deadline is actually substantial i mean it seems like even just a couple years ago it was just like nothing every single yeah. time it'd be all hyped up oh this team can make this trade this team can make this trade and then the de- deadline comes and no teams make a trade it's like it was always very disappointing or like the biggest move would be like Deshaun Jackson traded to you know like 35 you know and right it was it was just nothing but now i mean there was 10 moves on the deadline a lot of good players you know Roquan Smith uh, Bradley Chubb being on that list. Calvin Ridley, um, before we get into kind of the Bears moves, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about it just the night before. I was like, you know what? I would really love this Bears team to target Calvin Ridley in the offseason. I, I, I said, I don't think a team would trade for him at this deadline, though, um, just right. because of everything yep. going on. And like they clearly packaged it into the deal you know there's a lot of conditionals in the deal and it makes sense i mean it i think it can go all the way up to a first rounder uh, on conditionals if they like re-sign him to another contract or something so like there's 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 some good you know conditionals there but it's just it you knew it would take a creative deal and i just didn't think that would get done before he was ready to play but good for the jaguars i mean getting ahead of everybody i think they kind of took everybody by surprise not just you know the the fans yeah, I mean, I guess call me ignorant, but I didn't even know that he could be traded, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, on um, a suspension. If I'm, being, if I'm being completely honest. But yeah, it definitely took, um, you know, everyone, I think, in the league by surprise. And, you know, good for the Jaguars. I think it's also, you know, I think it obviously hurts the Falcons because he would be, you know, their best weapon if he came back. But at the same time, it's like, okay, he's been out for the whole year at this point. It's almost like just the team is moving forward without him, you know? So yeah. I guess in a way to look at it too, it could be a good move from for them moving forward. And yeah, no, it was just a wild day. I mean, even TJ Hawkinson, the, the interdivisional trade. That one trade. caught me by surprise. <laughs> that one I was like, what is going on? Like, I, I thought, I think the Lions actually screwed up there. Not that I think that TJ Hawkinson is a great player, but... I mean, if he helps the Vikings go far in the playoffs and is a good player for them for the next five years and constantly beating on the Lions, I mean, this is that's not a good move, you know? It's like there's very few scenarios where I should say you should execute an interdivision trade. Yeah, and I don't know if the, I mean, obviously the Lions do not have like playoff hopes, you know, at all, at least any more this year. Um, but those, yeah, it seemed like a short, really like a short sighted move. You know, yeah. definitely seem like a short-sighted move. 
and he's also what like and, and like i I understand there's going to be a, it might sound a little hypocritical with how I'm going to talk about the Roquan Smith trade, but Hawkinson's only like 24 years old and he is, you know, one of their best offensive weapons. And, you know, that's a key potential foundation building piece. And I don't know if they just didn't want to, you know, long-term give money to him. And if that was the move count similar to the bears with what ended up happening with Roquan Smith, then you can understand it, but don't trade him to your divisional rival. And, then again, like, why would you even do an in-season trade? I feel like that was not necessary either. It's not like his trade value is going to go down in, I, I doubt it would go down in, in, at his age and, you know, the off season. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. And I think that really there weren't any more questionable moves than that one, which I guess leave it to the Lions. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, it surely was interesting. And, and now you kind of have some of the, the I don't know leftover pieces that are in free agency of course like the OBJ has been circling around social media whose team is he going to join um of course it's funny you mentioned Deshaun Jackson of course now he's going to be playing <laughs> um, for who the Ravens I do believe oh oh I, I forgot about that I forgot about that so yeah just wild stuff but I think really and, and we won't get too sidetracked I know that we have a, a lot that we want to talk about for the Bears specifically but I think a lot of like the trade deadline activity and just kind of the way that teams view seasons has changed since that COVID year. I think that really changed the way, especially, you know, after the Bucks ended up winning it and, you know, the Rams, you know, followed that up with the Super Bowl championship. Teams are they're finding their window where they potentially have it and they're going for it. You know, there's teams yeah. that are throwing away, you know, future success to have the opportunity to go ahead and grab a Lombardi, you know, while they can. So Man, crazy stuff. The league is crazy. The games are being played on the field. Seems like we're seeing more upsets. You know, the, the NFC seems like kind of like flip-flopped as to how you'd expect it. Yeah, that's wide um, open. Just wild stuff. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And the one last comment I'll make before we move to the Bears moves. I also find it a little odd that the Jaguars, kind of given the state of their team, that they've been so willing to in either in free agency or through trades like this add players that are older players you know by the time Calvin Ridley takes a snap for them he's going to be you know 28 29 years old he's uh, he was an older rookie when he came into the league like people were giving him that like Valus Jones comparison where he entered the league at like almost 25 years old pretty much um so like there's that concern and they're going to probably give him a second contract you would assume if they're going to make that trade so like there and then they added like Brandon Scherf in the offseason. You're just like it, they're, it almost seems like they're building to be an average team. And, you know, maybe <laughs> Jaguars fans will take that after everything that they went through. Um, but I'm just saying it's a little odd to me that they continue to go down that route of adding these older players. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a good point. You know, I, I think that they are still a lot of pieces away from a championship, but they're acting like they're playing for one. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out. Yep. And, uh, why don't we go ahead and move on to the specific bears moves. Let's start off. Uh, we haven't addressed the Robert Quinn trade yet uh, on this podcast. And I, you know, I think that that's going to be really the first one. Um, the bears send Robert Quinn to Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth round pick. Uh, if you guys didn't know, this happened before last week's game. So you're a little out of the loop if you're just hearing that now. <laughs> uh, we apologize. So ho hopefully you're not learning this from us. Um, but, 
you know, when this move happened, it just, to me, it just made sense. Like I was, ho- I, you'd hope that you'd get like a third round pick. And maybe if we would have traded him in the off season, we would have. Uh, but with the season that he was putting together this year, I mean, he had one sack or only one sack through like seven games on the season. Not, not really bringing in some major trade candidates, you know? So um, I, I think that it's, it, it was a good move. I wish we would have made it in the off season, um, but I still think it was smarter. Ryan Pohl ship him out, get that fourth round pick. Um, defensive line looked God awful though. And, and like, like it looked horrible against the Cowboys and, you know, hopefully that doesn't continue. Hopefully some of these younger guys can step up. It's no doubt that Robert Quinn, we're going to miss Robert Quinn on this team to a certain extent, but I, for a fourth round pick, I think you do that any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, this was the most obvious trade to come out. I mean, I think this was the move that absolutely needed to happen. And as much as he's a leader in the locker room, everything like that, obviously he was a captain, um, had just set the Bears sack record the year prior. So had definitely made his mark on all the returning players on the defense. Um, and, And right, this podcast specifically had said, you know, trade Robert Quinn you know, before camp, during camp, and and get the most that you can out of them. And they waited, and, you know, like you said, they probably got, okay, around less. But it's still definitely not a bad trade, in my opinion. And it's good for both parties. I mean, ultimately, it wasn't going to be the best for the Bears to retain it. They didn't gain anything from having an aging pass rusher on the squad. And and now Robert Quinn has a chance to go and play for, you know, what is looking like, or at least record-wise, the best team in the league at the moment. So yeah, I think that it's a win-win for each side. Um, the compensation, sure, you can be a little bit upset about, but, you know, you got another draft pick to work with. Um, could be used to move up, or they could just simply pick another player. Fourth round, still plenty of good players around at that time mm-hmm. period in the draft. Um, so it could prove out to be something very valuable. I mean, at this moment, it's... I guess at least fascinating because you don't know what it's going to turn into as with anything with the draft, which is why it is exciting as a football fan. Um, But yeah, I ultimately, I don't have any, any major gripes about it. I think that he ended up in a good place for his himself and his career. And, you know, the bears got what they needed, which was more draft capital. Yeah. Uh, And why don't we go ahead and give it a grade? I'm, you know, I'm just going to give it, you know, a flat out a, I, I think that if you're, you know, the player is not going to be here next year, which I think we all knew. And he's not, he's definitely not going to be a part of the long-term future. You go and make that trade. The only reason why I'm not giving this like an A plus is because Robert Quinn did mean a lot to the locker room and as a person, and you know, he's a very, you know, he's a, he was a leader on this team. And as Ryan Pohl says, it sucks to upset that locker room dynamic. But uh, again, you have to do what's best for the long-term of the team. And honestly, I think this is best for Robert Quinn too. I don't really see a purpose in having Robert Quinn spend his last years on the team playing for a terrible team. You know, for the majority of his career, he's played for terrible teams. Um, outside of when he went, I think he was on the Super Bowl roster for the Rams uh, back in the one that they lost to the Patriots, if I remember correctly. But, you know, he bounced he around then, you know, play, playing for the Cowboys. They couldn't do anything in the playoffs, playing for the Dolphins for a little bit. Um, and the Rams when they were god awful, right? Uh, but now, now he he gets to chase a ring, um, and, and and a team that looks like the the abundantly clear fl- favorite in the NFC. So I'm I'm happy for Robert Quinn. I think he's happy too, probably. Yeah, I would think so, and I would probably give it like an A minus because sure, I mean I'm a little bit more of a strict grader, um, and I think an A A plus for me would be 
you trade him in the offseason got the best possible return. And, yeah. You know, sure, they waited on it, but I'm not going to fault them too much. I still think that it was overall a very smart trade to mm-hmm. to make. And like I said, I think the – I mean, you know, we'll get into it. But I think that the other trades the Bears did make were maybe not necessarily obvious, but maybe had to be done as well. Um, mm-hmm. But we can get into that. <laughs> yeah, and let's go ahead and move right into that. Second trade that happened, <laughs> I love some of the news stories <laughs> that came out on this, but uh, Roquan Smith trade to the Ravens, Bears get in return a second and a fifth round pick um, from the Ravens who, you know, they're a good team. I wouldn't say a great team. I don't think anyone, you know, really expects them to go super far in the playoffs compared to some of the other AFC teams. But, you know, so that's going to be a, a later second round pick, probably in the mid 20s, I'd imagine. Um, and we also get that fifth round pick too. Now this shocked me initially when it happened. I, if you would have told me, you know, two weeks ago, if you would have asked me if uh, Roquan Smith was going to be traded, I would have said no. Um, there was a lot to like from Roquan Smith. He was one of the, if not the best player on the team. Right. Um, and he was 25 years old. You know, he's been consistent for the most part. Uh, I think this season is one of his, I hate to say about worst seasons as a Bears so far, uh, just because he's either been super hot or super cold. Uh, Dallas was one of the worst games I've ever seen out of him in his career. He also had a ter- that Green Bay game was another one of the worst games right. I've seen out of him from his career. Um, and, you know, when he came into the league, there was a lot of questions in regards to if he could play in a 4-3 scheme. Uh, he was notably really bad at, uh, you know, detaching from defenders or like going being the shedding main person blocks, yeah. yeah shedding blocks um but he d- did have good instincts um for the most part and i think that you know this season we saw him take a step back as a player um i don't know it, it seems very clear and ryan Poles acknowledged this that the the contract situation is what really set this into stone and that he would have wanted roquan smith to be here but it seems like Roquan had just a completely different price in his mind of what he wanted to be. And I think if we're being practical, yeah, he might be one of the best players on the team, but I don't necessarily know if actually I can flat out say, I don't think he'd be worth a 20 million a year contract. Yeah. In this I mean, defense. This, this league is in a different place. You know, first of all, I mean, even you can just go back to the 2000s when, you know, Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher um, were both at the top of the league as far as being elite level linebackers and inside linebacker was still very much, you know, an important role. I mean, pass rushing was definitely a big deal already, but still, you know, inside linebackers got their due, you know, they were still very much considered to be, you know, one of the more important parts of the defense and the league has shifted. And I think ultimately I view this trade more so as unfortunate, um, like an unfortunate necessity. Don't get me wrong. I think that, you know, with the contract situation, everything that was going on, if you weren't going to retain him, it made sense to get value back. Right. I mean, simple as that. I'm not going to debate and say that the bears shouldn't have traded him. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, the switch to the 3-4 from the 4-3, I think, like you said, it hurt him. It, it hurt his productivity, maybe not necessarily statistically, but as far as impact on the defense, it hurt his impact on the defense. It's not the role that he optimally can be in. Um, but I think that, you know, he is, it was him and Ray Lewis, I believe it's in, you know, either their first three or four seasons are the only 
you know, people that record consecutive hundred tackle seasons, which yeah. you know, tackles can be a little bit of an odd stat, but when you're there with Ray Lewis and that's your only competition, like, you know, that's pretty good. And I, I some people might laugh at this. I think that Roquan Smith for his position could potentially be a hall of fame player. Yeah. I, I don't think, I think some people might view that as ridiculous, but I think that if it goes right in, um, you know, Baltimore and I'm not a hundred percent certain if they play a three, four there. Um, I just don't watch them closely enough, but assuming that they do, um, you know, or if he played in a three, four scheme for the rest of his career, like he would put up like those hall of fame numbers. He stays fairly healthy. Um, you know, it is obviously a great presence on the field and, you know, beforehand in the bears defense, like he was clearly the number one player on the defense last year. And now that the, the defense has shifted up a bit, like you could definitely make the argument for Eddie Jackson, you know, in his current safety role would be a lot more prominent. Um, and even some of these younger rookies, you know, you can sure you can make a case for Jalen Johnson. Um, he's definitely a higher caliber player at, at the position of cornerback, but I think it hurts. It's painful to have Roquan gone. Was it necessary? Yeah. Ultimately like they can, they have a lot more flexibility now moving forward in the future. They got draft capital back. I think it was a good move. It hurts as a Bears fan. I liked Roquan. Um, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. The NFL is a business. And, uh, you know, ultimately Ryan Poles had his vision. They tried to get a contract deal done with him. It didn't work out. Like you said, Austin, Roquan had a different price in his head. They weren't going to reach an agreement. Get something back for him, you know, move on. You're going to have to replace that role that he had in the locker room as a leader. But, hey, I mean, you got a lot of young guys, a lot of people that are rising up on this team that can can occupy that spot, and that's what it has to be. It has to be next man up. And I think that, you know, the the return that the Bears got, in a way, tells me that the league as a whole doesn't view him as like the best or one of the best inside linebackers right now because you know if if Darius Leonard was traded he would have gotten a first round pick you know if not more um and it's it's difficult to come to grips with that because I think there's sometimes you just need to understand that there are you know super productive players and guys that fit specific defenses like Roquan Smith is and then there's just players that I think take it a step further you know and I agree with you that I think that Roquan absolutely has a chance in his career to do hall of fame. I mean, he's putting up insane tackling statistics. He hasn't quite gotten all the accolades yet. You know, he still technically hasn't made a pro bowl and like yeah. those things are considered, even though they're pretty stupid. Right. He was a second team all pro. Um, and I think that he in Baltimore is going to be used a lot better and a lot better fit. Like that's the other thing we need to consider is like, while he may be an okay or a good linebacker with us, he might be a great linebacker with Baltimore. And because of that, when you think, when you consider it that way, yeah, the value of getting those picks makes sense. It seemed like Ryan Poles was just really upset how things went. It didn't seem like he wanted to make that move, but he just didn't think he was going to come to grips with that. And honestly, for where this team is right now, I'm completely okay with it. I was a little bit mad when I first saw it, but at when I took a step back and understood like, you know, Ryan Poles has just spent so much time getting bad contracts off the Bears books. Um, I don't think he uh, really thought it was necessary. And I thought Eberflus had some very unique comments um, about the trade, actually, when a reporter asked him, 
hey, you know, when you were in Indianapolis and you guys were picking, you know, two spots ahead of the Bears, you took Quentin Nelson. Do you think if Quentin Nelson wasn't there that Roquan Smith would be an option at that spot? And he pretty much chuckled and he said that he didn't think that Chris Ballard was in the position it was in the business of drafting off the ball linebackers in the top 10 of the draft so I mean clearly Iberflus doesn't necessarily even view that specific position to be crucial to what he's trying to build as a defense and if he doesn't view that then why put the money there right we this team doesn't have uh, anything remotely close to a premier edge defender right now we don't have any really good pass rushers right now. Like there is so much more spots that that $20 million per year can make such a bigger impact on this defense currently. And I know we have a lot of cap space, but at the same time, like when you're building a team, you're trying to build it for long-term success. And clearly Ryan Poles didn't think that $20 million a year to Roquan Smith would be the best for this team's long-term success. I wish we would have gotten more. I would have loved if we could have gotten like a late first, but that clearly wasn't on the table. Yeah, it wasn't on the table, and they got what they got, ultimately. I, I I can't even gripe too much with the compensation. If I had to grade it, I'd grade it like a B-, minus, maybe a B, mm. you know? Yeah. I, I, and I, that's just because, I guess, the respect that I have for Roquan as a player, but it was a necessary evil, you know, move on, like you said. I mean, this defense has been totally changed from when uh, Ryan Poles took over leadership uh, as the GM, and, you know, now you just got to come to grips with as a Bears fan that this defense is just going to they're going to struggle, you know, for as terrible <laughs> as good as good as their secondary maybe is starting to become with, you know, Jaquan Brisker really looking strong. Eddie Jackson, you know, playing like he did a couple of years back, um, you know, maybe a little bit of upside from Kyler Gordon starting to look a little bit better. And then also Jalen Johnson. Um, but. You know, <laughs> they're going to have a real hard time in coverage when the quarterback's got three, four seconds in the pocket. So, yeah, um, and, and in run defense, too, where they've already been bad, it could could get even worse. So I I'm, think. all. I'm, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just I'm truly interested to see how much this defense is going to miss Roquan Smith immediately, especially because there's really no good replacements. You know, like we we're probably going to be throwing Jack Sanborn out there. Next yeah, that week. seems pretty likely. Yeah. And I'm interested. I'm really tr- truly interested to see how much worse the defense looks like. Is the defense still going to look really good? Um, and that I think will this this trade is hard to grade for me because I think I'm a little bit in the let's wait and see how this turns out. I think Roquan is going to be good for Baltimore. I think we all know that like he's going to be good. So like it's that's smoke and rear view mirrors. But for this team, how much do we miss him immediately? Um, right. Yeah. I, and I, th- I don't, yeah, I mean, I think immediate impact, I don't think it wouldn't be, it wouldn't do justice for as good of a uh, player that Roquan Smith is, you know? Yeah. Uh, I Because the rest of the team's already so bad that it was probably already hiding his talent to a certain extent. Right. And it's just like he was, wasn't really being fully optimized at his current position anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you throw Jack Sanborn in there. You say, you know, <laughs> you played well in preseason. You've been out here practicing hard. Like, go out there, give it. We get you have trust in you to do it, and you see how he looks. And if it doesn't work out, then you know maybe he's just a future depth beast. You keep him on the roster, and you know if he does end up shining, you know, living up to the moment, then cool, it works out. You figured out that that's one less person that you have to end up trying to draft or pick up as an undrafted free agent or something in free agency. So ultimately it's a win on being able to get a better 
a better read on who you have player personnel wise. And that's what they did with Robert Quinn move too. I mean, you get to learn a lot more um, about Travis Gibson. You get to learn a lot more about Dominique Robinson. Like yeah, now these guys are getting playing time. It's like, it's on them now to, to show up and, and you get to, you get to really see what they're all about. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, what's kind of key is like, even when you're building a team, it's important to give the guys that you draft spotlight so that you can see where they're at. And I think that Robert Quinn especially with him like you just you you like you knew that he wasn't going to be here so there's almost no purpose um yeah uh, i i think i think that this was a good move i think uh roquan smith going to the ravens just makes so much sense honestly like that is such i hate to be the classic sports analyst be like this is a ravens player but like it, make, it makes so much sense that they'd want Roquan Smith. I also loved the the news coverage when, it, as soon as he got on the podium with the Ravens, he was just like, I was shocked that the Bears traded me. And everyone on tour was like, man, that request trade is shocked when traded. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it, yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, but let's go ahead and, and move on to the acquisition. And, uh, you know, this is something that you, stunner. You, 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 kind of, you kind of mentioned, Reese. You kind of floated this out there. Uh, the Bears acquired Chase Claypool from the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in return for our second round pick. So not Baltimore's, the Chicago Bears second round pick. Brian Poles clarified that. Um, and, uh, you know, this this was an uh, interesting move and not necessarily one I expected. I was expecting the Bears to make more trades, but I didn't expect them to necessarily be buyers at the deadline. And at first, when I saw this trade, I was a little bit, hesitant i think similar to roquan trade where i was just like so we essentially traded roquan for chase claypool and when you simplify things like that yeah roquan smith is a better inside linebacker than chase claypool is about a wide receiver right uh but then when i thought about it a little bit more it started to make sense but reese i'm gonna let you start us off because this was something you were kind of all over in the coming (laughs) weeks to it and uh, i want you to kind of explain your reasoning for why you saw this uh come to fruition yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a little bit just like a, a Bears move for sure. I, I think it was also a type of player. I mean, it was um, we had talked about it before, like the Bears are going to be scoping out someone that is a, a bigger body wide receiver. It was a glaring need for the team. So, you know, Chase Claypool definitely fit that mold. Um, and also, too, I mean, it just especially after Rokon got traded, that second round pick that we got over, I was like, man, I feel like he's going to be OK with parting with one of these second round picks to make this trade happen. Um, and it eventually comes out that they're basically competing with Green Bay um, and yeah. that, you know, that the Bears pick, which shouldn't really be too much of a surprise, even though that they have similar records right now. Um, you know, the Bears are going to be projected to be picking um, higher in the draft but not with a higher mm-hmm. pick, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you'll know, end up beating out the Packers in that way. And I, I think it was mainly just, you know, the style of wide receiver that he is, the fact that the bears needed someone like him. And he was a name that was being floated out. Um, you know, the Steelers have, you know, George Pickens now. Um, so they have a little bit of room to, to make in their wide receiver, in their wide receiver group and chase Claypool is just someone they got a lot of Notre Dame players on this team too. Like yeah. it's just kind of a trendy, a trendy thing for the bears. So it just the seemed to kind of line Sam up and make sense. Right. Yeah. Sam Mustafer. Yeah. Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do think it makes sense. Um, I, I, at first was like, I don't know how much we consider trading Roquan, yada, yada, yada. And then I really sat down and I thought about it. 
And the Ro- it's a little bit foolish to consider this in combination with Roquan because I think Roquan Smith was going to be leaving this team regardless. So getting something in return for him makes sense, right? And I think that getting Claypool, not only do you add a, a piece to this offense, which was desperately needed, like, but you also add a guy with extremely high upside and already kind of a base level line of production. Like Chase Claypool the past two years put up 800 yard seasons plus, and he played with some terrible quarterbacks. You know, he played with Ben Roethlisberger. He played with, and not that Ben Roethlisberger was always bad, but he no, was at that bad, point in his career though, bad. he was bad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he also ended up playing with, you know, Mitch and Pickett who, you know, neither looked that great. I saw something that this year, his stats are slightly lower. Um, but this year, I, I didn't even know this could be possible, but so uh, apparently like a normal contested catch rate for a wide receiver is like roughly like, you know, 15% of your catches are contested catches. Chase Claypool's was like 60% of his catches this year were contested catches. So like you, you could tell that the quarterbacks weren't necessarily doing him justice. They were putting the ball in some probably in unfavorable positions. He also has been playing out of the slot for them. Now that they have Pickens and uh, Deontay Johnson still there, obviously, um, you know, and, and I think that was just a matter of, you know, Pickens younger. We're going to keep him on the outside. I think there was already some internal strife going on with Claypool, especially him speaking out a lot about the Matt Canada offense. Um, I think kind of rubbed the Steelers the wrong way, um, even though, for as bad as the things that Mitch has saw in Chicago, Mitch Trubisky was extremely vocal that the offense in Pittsburgh was not right. And the offensive play callers need to do a better job calling their plays. So like when you have someone like Mitch saying that, who's literally been through four years, of the Matt Nagy era and also John Fox, you know, that's uh, and didn't say anything about those times, you know, that not very good. Listen, I think Claypool is, going to actually take a lot of heat off of Ryan Poles. Because as I said to you, the second the Roquan Smith trade went down, I was like, that's a fine value, but you have to make that pick work, right? You have to, you have to hit on that pick because if that pick is a bust, then we're screwed. Like we just gave him up for nothing essentially. And I think that Poles almost took some of the heat off of himself by getting a guy. Like if we drafted Claypool with that second round pick and he had the performances he's had thus far in his career, I think that would be a success in Bears terms, you know, having a receiver who's, uh, you know, clearly a number two in the NFL. And, you know, with Mooney, he's going to be more of a, you know, number one, maybe see what he can do in that position. Um, I'm excited though, because I think he really adds like his, his athleticism is out, you know, insane like he had like one of the highest receiver RAS scores since like someone like DK Metcalf so like really really high standards 6-4 you know decent route runner makes some good contested catches he does have immature 4-3-3-40 or something like that with as big as he is (laughs) yeah and he he does have like sometimes he'll drop the ball and stuff like that but he's a young player I would not be surprised if we see a more productive version of Chase Claypool in this offense. And I don't even know if I'd be surprised, maybe not this season, but in the coming seasons, if he's actually outperforming Darnell Moody. Yeah. And Ryan Pohl strikes me as someone, he definitely likes to have his options open. Um, And I think that what this really did was it, it keeps him from having to chase a wide receiver in the draft ultimately yeah. or, or in free agency. Like that's Which a huge the part free of agent it. ones are horrible this year. Right. Oh my God. If he, if Claypool went to free agency this year, he'd probably get like a 17, $18 million a year contract. 
Yeah, I mean, he would be definitely ranked, if not the highest, as you know, one of the highest wide receivers to obtain in free agency. And yeah, the free agent uh, free agency class is just bad as far as wide receivers go. All the ones who are worth anything were already kind of re-signed um, by their teams. So there's that. And now you know he's not forced to go out there and you know spend a high pick on on a wide receiver. So he created a lot of flexibility for himself. I think. To get into who Chase Claypool is as a player, I think you hit on a lot of it well. Extremely athletic. Like, you couldn't ask for more athleticism-wise. I mean, I think there's been, because of his involvement in things like TikTok (laughs) and stuff like that, maybe there's a little bit of question of, you know, work ethic. But I think what you're getting from a player and being able to start at a new place, kind of a new beginnings type scenario it was this was ultimately a good pickup for the bears and you know ultimately he has to show it on the field but i think this is going to work out well for them when you look at it you know moving into next year and it's nice too before i, I kind of interjecting myself here but it's nice that he kind of has this half of a season to build a rapport with fields too you know it's not like they just got him in the off season they're starting next season fresh like they're going to have a full off season together going to have a half of a season together to get to build some chemistry and then moving into next year, you know, you got Darnell Mooney, you got Chase Claypool. And then now you're less like strap. Like the bears definitely need to add another receiver into that mix to kind of be a top a person that's fighting mm-hmm. in the top three receivers, but you're not like, okay, I need to go get my franchise receiver now. You know, yeah. you put yourself in a decent position and I think Chase Claypool is going to make an impact. Justin Fields is going to love having a player like him to throw to, uh, especially deep down the field on the boundary, making contested catches. Um, and like you said, I mean, kind of his usage with Piss- Pittsburgh this season has been Pittsburgh. Odd. That's I think Pittsburgh. that's a better, I mean, better yeah. way to describe their <laughs> offense right now. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um but they had him playing a little bit out of the slot, which I do not think is that really makes no a, sense. a role that that lends to being beneficial for Chase Claypool. Um, and, he said and, it on the podium too when he in his introductory uh, uh, presser that he he thought that was terrible. <laughs> he said he's an outside guy. <laughs> yeah, and like also too, I mean, in his rookie season, twenty twenty, um, I mean, he had a game where he had four touchdowns. I mean, that's yeah. like. Some elite. Bears receivers on this team don't even have that in their career. Or they can't oh. put that up in a season, you know? Like <laughs> Mooney had four last year. I know, Mooney exactly. Oh my God. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a man that can get into the end zone. Um, and we talked about like, dude, the Bears need a receiver that they can go to in the red zone. And like finally, like finally yeah. we actually might have something. Because Cole Komet was not doing it. <laughs> yeah. So first I, touchdown I think, since twenty twenty last week. Right. I think this is a solid B plus A minus trade again for me. Like I don't think the Bears the one thing in my mind was like, okay, like could we have traded the same to get like DJ Moore? I will I'm honestly even fine with Claypool at that, you know. Over DJ, DJ Moore's Moore. con- just because his contract I think is awful. He's making like uh, twenty, twenty five million a year. I don't I don't think that's yeah. a good contract for Moore personally. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, if if Chase Claypool does good in this year and a half, yeah. the Bears might be uh, entitled after signing to a decently significant contract. So, and and that's we'll the see. thing is, I think that you actually do like to make this worth it. You do need to sign him to a second contract because I don't think one and a half seasons of Chase Claypool is worth a second round pick. And I think that you know Adam Schefter said that Claypool was someone that the Bears have actually been targeting for a lot longer than we even thought. Like apparently. Going back to even last draft, they were thinking they had him on mind. 
Um, and you know, I think like there's a couple things you need to consider here. Like one, like we said, the the free agent market next year at wide receiver. Ryan Poles pretty much, and this is what I love about Ryan Poles is he's honest and like he just admitted what we all knew. He said he wasn't comfortable with it. We would have had to overpay someone like a Marquez Callaway or like an Adam or Alan Lazard. Like these are not good wide receivers. They don't have high physical ups. I mean, Callaway has high physical upside, but Lazard doesn't yeah, have. not bad either, but like he's big, yeah, but he's not fast. End all be alls. You're gonna end up paying too much for for what a they're really worth. Receiver, yeah. yeah. And and like I I think sure a second round pick it might be slightly high for for Claypool. Like I would have loved if we we gave him the Ravens pick. Like that would have bumped this up to like uh, an A for me. Or like if, if we gave him like a third round pick, that would have been even higher. But to me, it was clear that the Bears wanted Claypool for a while. They saw that at the trade deadline, this is when he's going to be moved. And like, we're not going to have an opportunity to get him in the off season. Like he is going to be moved at the trade deadline. So if we want him, we have to get him now. And like, so that we don't need to necessarily overpick a receiver if we don't feel like it. Like that feels really good, I'm sure. And like, even if we go into next year in the first round, maybe we don't have as high of a pick as we think. And, you know, a wide receiver staying there and we still draft a wide receiver. Now you're talking about a really good like receiver room. Like I think this receiver room right now went from being one of the worst in the league to one of the, I don't want to say a better one because we don't have a, a number one wide receiver, but I think at, at least, least a formidable. Uh, yeah, it's like a formidable room. You know, you have Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, which are a thousand yard, 800 receiver receiving yard guys with even higher upside than that. And then the Bears just got back Byron Pringle, who was really good in the slot. Now he can go back to being that traditional like third receiver, which he was for Kansas City, rather than having that much attention on him. And you also have Nikhil Harry. I mean, think about the red zone package, man, with Claypool and Nikhil Harry and then Darnell Mooney in the slot and Cole Komet. Like that's that's a really good red zone package. And all these guys can block too. I just think Claypool, outside of the player that he is, I think he's got... I think he's giving you like good production now. Like he's going to be a good level of production with very high upside on top of that production. And then on top of that also gives you a big body in the red zone and like also allows your franchise to not feel like they need to overdraft receiver or give a a stupid contract to a terrible receiver. Um, I I like like this move. We screamed for moves like this when the bears had Ryan pace. We scream for yeah. it. Yeah. And we finally we got a forward thinking move in yeah. during the season. Yeah. So that's First all I can time. say. I, I'm, but I'm when was the last time the Bears I'm, acquired a big name during the season? I can you remember? Never? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I cannot I, I truly cannot remember the last acquisition mid season that we sent like a second round pick on. Um and you know, Claypool or people like the weird thing with Claypool is depending on who you talk to in Pittsburgh, you'll he'll either be a guy that they're pissed that they traded or we're so glad that they traded. And I think that there needs to be a little bit of hindsight and being like, okay, we traded a second round pick for Claypool. Would it have been better last draft to trade back into the second round using a future pick and just draft pickings? Probably, right? You get four years of pickings, yeah. rookie contract, pickings looks good. Uh, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. You you can't operate a franchise thinking like that. So, you know, while we didn't get pickings and I wish we would have. Right. Very clearly. Uh, Ryan Pohl's got his guy and you get a, a dynamic, fast wide receiver that not only fits 
not even not only is a good receiver, but also fits what Justin Fields does really, really well. And I think that pairing with him and Mooney having that speed, but also Claypool having that height, I think that's big time, man. Like I think that the offense will truly, you know, long and it might this week I'm expecting very little from Claypool. Like over the next couple of weeks, he needs to learn the playbook. He needs to get comfortable. Justin needs to develop chemistry with him. But you know, I, I really think that this offense could be taking a couple steps forward in the next couple of weeks, even beyond what they have so, so far. I mean, you're also getting Cody White White here back from IR. Byron Pringle is coming back. Like this is this is good for this Bears team. Yeah, and think about what it means for for Justin Fields too. I mean, this man is really hitting his stride as far as starting to really string together some good games in his career. Um, not only is he just getting players back from injury, like you have listed out, but now the team is going out, making a move to bring him in a weapon. And yeah. yeah, he's still running for his life behind his that, that offensive line sometimes. <laughs> but like I, I think also for him mentally too, like they're buying into him. That, that's like a, a silent vote of confidence in Justin Fields. Yeah. And definitely. Uh, he has to be feeling great. And you know, you think about where he is at currently in the season, like this could be something that just really propels him and ends up being like, Okay, like this was the moment in time where Justin Fields really started to take off yeah. in which he, he's already putting things together. So you never know. I mean, this could be something that we really look back upon as being ultimately a really great move, but I, I'm really pleased with it. I think that we haven't seen management like this from the bears in a, you know, a very long time. No. Um, and you know, it's good to see them being proactive. Like you said, we have an honest administration now, like they, they tell it as they see it, as they do it. Um, so yeah, now it's just time to go out there and execute. And two other things I want to add really quickly, when you consider the Roquan and Claypool being kind of in, in, in tandem in their, in their trade. Um, one thing that I really thought about is also with inside linebackers, there's a lot of really good inside linebacker free agents this year. And in the draft in the second round, there's a lot of good inside linebackers, second round picks, um, that, that the bears could use a second round pick on not there for wide receiver second round wide receivers in this year's draft in my opinion look pretty damn awful like the ones that i'm projecting to go in the second round should would likely be like third round picks i ideally and i think teams are going to overdraft a little bit there care um, to share and, a few names yeah absolutely you know i think you know the guys are going in the first round you know that, that's jordan addison uh, i think jackson smith ninjigwa still going to be there quentin johnston I think is going to go in the first round. Um, maybe that might be a little bit, he might be fringe, like first really high second round. Um, but then I think there's a gap, you know, I think maybe like a Marvin Mims. Um, I think Cedric Tillman is on that list where he could go in the second okay. round, which, you know, I like Cedric Tillman, but uh, you know, I think there's other names there. Josh Downs from North Carolina, which just, he probably doesn't have the body you want out of a wide receiver. You're p- spending a high second round pick on. Um, there's, there's guys, but I think they all have a critical flaw. And this is what else I'm going to say. There's about, I would say there's only one wide receiver in this next draft that has the type of physical attributes and build that Claypool has. And that's Johnston and Johnston. Honestly, I've watched a lot of his film. I, I like him and I think he'd go really good in a Shanahan inspired offense. Cause he's just so versatile and kind of like Claypool, like he can catch it and run it. Um, he's a big body. My worry for Johnson is his route tree is pretty severely limited right now. So you really are going to need to get him in a scheme that's going to, you know, put him in a favorable position to get open. 
Um, and then on top of that, the way he runs and plays the game, it's to me, it's with a lot of wasted movement, which typically doesn't bode well with, for receivers in the NFL when they run their routes with a ton of wasted movement or a ton of extra steps or they round their routes. That was something I had a huge criticism on Equinemius St. Brown when he was coming out of the draft. Uh, where he, every single one of his routes were essentially rounded and weren't snappy. He didn't show, you know, quickness in his hips. Um, and that's what he was going to be like a second round pick, but he fell to the six. So, you know, I, I think there are names. I'm, I, I just don't know. And what I'm going to say that I'm going to say this too. The bears can deal with not having an inside linebacker and losing games because they don't have an inside linebacker. The bears that is not going to hurt their long-term future, right? Having that inside linebacker figured out is not going to hurt their long-term future. But Justin Fields not having weapons, not having an offensive line, not having key pieces around him could actually severely hurt their long-term future, right? If we're losing games because of Justin Fields, because he's forcing the ball downfield or he's taking unnecessary hits because no one's getting open or no one's blocking for him, that, that could actually harm our long-term future. So that's another reason why I think this move makes sense. Yeah. No, and I, I agree with what you had to say. And I think that just real quick, and then we can move into the, the Dolphins game that's upcoming. But I do think that for someone like Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, mm-hmm. I feel like people are kind of just glossing over the hamstring issue just a little too quickly. Yeah. Like this is I mean that's an injury that's really easily like reaggravated, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's and he's kind of had continuous issues with it and as good as he is for talent, like that's just something that has hesitant like gives me hesitancy. Um but, you know, he has all the talent in the world. I mean, you love to see mm-hmm. what he can do from the position. There's no no question about it. Um but yeah, we can go ahead and move on. I, I I'm actually going to say a couple of other things. One uh, two other players I think could mention Keishon Boutte. He's had some issues this year. I think he might even slip to the second round, if I'm being completely honest, where he could be a decent value. Um, but th- with Jackson Smith and Njigma, like you just said, um, I also think that a lot of people, I don't know if he's, I, like some people are still projecting him to go in the top 10. I don't think he is. I, I really don't think Jackson Smith and Njigma is going to go in the top 10 anymore because of the injury issues. Um, he's got a lot of talent on his side, but the other thing that I, I think people are forgetting is he is the most productive and at his biggest strength when he's a slot wide receiver. And NFL teams, whether you believe it or not, they don't value slot wide receivers the way they do outside guys. Um, and you know we saw people in said the, that about AJ Brown though too. Exactly. And where did AJ Brown get drafted? I love AJ Brown by the way. He got drafted in the second true. round. Yeah, you know? no, and he fine. was yeah. he was a lock for a first round pick the year before, and like that's that's exactly actually the comp I was going to bring up is someone like AJ Brown. I think that he would be an insane value in the second round, right? And I don't even think he's going to go there, but I think he's going to go lower yeah, no way. than people think. You know, like I think he's going to be yeah. 15, 16 pick. Yeah, you know, I, I can I'll I I can see what you're putting down there for sure. Jordan Addison, wide receiver one by far. All right, beast. Yeah. He, he's going to be good. And that would be crazy adding Addison to a room with Claypool and Mooney, the speed dynamic ability route running, like everything you could want in like a wide receiver room is there and they're all explosive. Um, all right, let's, let's talk about this Miami game. Um, so the bears are hosting the Miami dolphins this week, looking at this matchup about, you know, five weeks ago or before Tua had his concussion, I, I would have, said like for sure we're losing this game this is gonna be a blowout 
But the Dolphins, I would say over the past couple of weeks, have kind of, you know, come down to earth a little bit. They're still a really good team, don't get me wrong. They just got Bradley Chubb. Don't know how much we'll see of him. I'm I, I'm thinking he'll be more in there in limited snaps, kind of similar to how Claypool is uh, going to be for the Bears. So, like, I, I wouldn't expect... A different, though. I mean... Like yeah. he's kind of he's an edge rusher, so it's a you know do do not they play quite as difficult? They play a fourth three still, correct? Oof. I know they did. I, I know, know they they did when Flores was there, but I'm not certain anymore. Um, but yeah, if he yeah, I mean he his job is to just go rush rush the quarterback. So yeah, that's true. He might he'll probably be featured a little bit more. Um, but they're they're uh, looking at this team. Their offense has really been their key strength here. Um, you know, the, the run game has been okay. It's been really out of the passing game that they've seen such dynamic gains, explosion. Um, so, you know, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, like really good players that they have there. Um, and then Tua has been playing at a high level. Their offensive line has been playing at a much better level than they have been in the past. Uh, I think Teron Armstead is, is healthy right now and playing at a high level for them. Um, so that's really good too. You know, I think their defense, the the weird thing is this team is actually like giving up more offense very frequently in games than they're actually producing. The defense uh, has been, I would say, okay. I think the defense has yeah, been okay. Not as strong as they used to be. Yeah. You would have expected better with how strong they were the past couple of years. I think we were seeing a clear regression from Flores. You know, Bradley Chubb will certainly help out this defense, but... You know, there's not a whole ton of, you know, like young star talent that you would have, you know, expected to see. Uh, so it, it seems like there's definitely a regression there. And this is definitely a team that the Bears can score on. Um, and like, you know, I, I'm i I'm really interested to see how this game goes. I, a couple weeks ago, I would have said this was a lock for the Dolphins, but I don't know, man. I think at Soldier Field, um, this, I think this game is going to be closer than people think. Yeah, I don't I don't think they'll be able to play as fast as possible given that it is Soldier Field, so obviously not the the best ten out of ten field conditions. It's gonna be a tough ass to stop, you know, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Like that's gonna be a lot for this defense. But also it is like I mean, that is the Bears defense is they play the cover two to stop the big play. I mean, they very yeah. much keep everything in front of you. Um so personally, if I'm the Dolphins, like I'm using like Mike Gusecki to just keep making yeah. gashes down the middle yep. of the field, and we'll see if they employ that tactic. I, I think that the Dolphins' offensive firepower might just be a little too much, but right, it's like a, a team like Dallas does scare you more for this Bears defense, at least, than the Dolphins do, just because you think, if anything, you know, the way the Bears play defense, maybe it lends itself a little bit better to stopping a team like the Dolphins compared yeah. to where they're just getting gashed in the run game by Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that ultimately, I think the Bears do drop this game. Like, I just don't know how long they can keep everything in front of them. But, you know, with the way the Bears offense has been playing, like, I really do think they can hang on in this. Like, it, it's it'll be a different story if they, you know, kind of like they did in the Dallas game, like, get you know, they get kind of drugged down into the mud real early and are playing from a big deficit. Um, but, you know, the Bears, you know, they're going to want to slow the game down. Like, they're going to be running the football a lot. And they probably will open it up a little bit into the passing game, you know, more to, to try to get some explosive plays. But the Bears are going to be fine with when they have the ball, taking it slow, giving their defense a rest, 
And it's just sometimes knocking teams off their rhythm, knocking them off the tempo they want to play at really does affect them. So I, I do think that they lose to the Dolphins, but I do think that like there's even a chance that they could keep them below 35 points at least, you know. I could see yeah. it being like a 31 to, to 23 game, honestly. I, I think that's where I'll put it at. I think that's a pretty fair fair score. I think that if we lose this game, I think it's going to be in a similar fashion to the way we lost that Dallas game where we were just okay. outpaced on offense very quickly, had to you know try to keep it up, but just the defense couldn't you know hold it together. Uh, the defense is, is not good, but I think that, you know, I think this defense is strong where they need to be like where the, the Miami dolphins ground game isn't giving anybody fits right now. You know, like I, that's our, yeah. our true weakness is on the ground and like Tony Pollard gashed us. He showed us that, you know, he, he is, you know, that guy, he, he should be that number one running back for the Dallas Pollard's a beast. He's, I mean, that's a whole, I could do a whole different podcast on that, yeah. but yeah, yeah, he's, he's crazy. Um, but the I, I think that the two places that the the Bears can really like push this game over and potentially even win it is just being more physical with this Dolphins team. You know, this Dolphins team is going to want to play fast. They're going to want to make big plays. They're going to want to, you know, get catch and runs. They're going to want to get, you know, long lateral passes. I think that the Bears are built really well where our secondary tackles very well. We have good tacklers in our secondary uh, with Brisker and Gordon and, and Kendall Vildor are all good tacklers. Um, and I think that we have physical corners too that I think could really help disrupt uh, this th- this team. And it's going to be difficult. My biggest concern is Gusecki actually because w- they're going to get him on some linebackers and <laughs> the linebackers we got right now just are, are not not good, right? Like let's just say it's it's got to be – you know, the Bears went from having like an okay linebacker room with Roquan Smith to having a you know pretty bad one now. So like I said, I think that if we're going to get gashed, it's going to be from that tight end position for them. Um, on offense, I the I think the Bears can make some things happen here, man. I, I really do, especially seeing what they were able to do against the Dallas Cowboys, who defensively are way more of a threat than this Dolphins team, right? Yeah, and at one of the pretty best much every level. top five yeah. defense. Yeah, top top three even I would say, uh, yeah. Micah Parsons and the way that we even manage Micah Parsons, you know, keeping him to being really for the most part uh, a non-factor in the game I would say. Uh, besides, yeah, for the, aside from the fluke play, yeah, for, yeah that fluke play, uh, I think that the Bears will come out with a plan and I think they'll execute it well. Um, you know, like I I I truly think the Bears could get the win here and i'm actually going to predict them to win let's see i I love it i I think that this is going to be a 33 bears 26 dolphins i think the bears will really i don't i think the bears are going to give up a ton of yards in this game to the dolphins but i don't think that we'll let them score as much as other teams have yeah I mean, I'd love to see it. You, if you keep the Dolphins kicking field goals, you're going to give the Bears a chance in this game, especially if they can eat clock. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be it, – it has the makings of a really good game, actually. Just two teams are going to want to play very differently and contrastingly. So you love to see that happen. That can make for yeah. really good games. And, uh, you know, I, screw it. I'm going to say I think Valus Jones is going to get another touchdown this week. 
Yeah, you got it on a jet sweep. Take. <laughs> another, yeah, another jet sweep <laughs> touchdown. I'm honestly, or maybe you'll finally get a uh, a lateral pass. We'll we'll have to see there. Um, and you know what? Maybe even Claypool will catch a pass. Claypool, you know, yeah, ca- I catch mean, a touchdown. Yeah, I think if they if they get down in the red zone a few times, I think it's pretty likely you're going to see Claypool get some touches. It, it's tough to predict touchdowns on this Bears team, though, honestly, because. Man, a lot of times you favor a running back, and you don't know if it's going to be Herbert or Montgomery on the field. Which yeah. more often than not, it's been Khalil Herbert. But yeah. that's a different that's a different on the big place. Um, I I and I think that we'll see Justin Fields have another pretty good game, two to three touchdown total touchdowns. I should say. Um, I think he's going to gash this team with his legs. Really, I think that's going to be like the big, you know. That's a, I, I can't believe, man. I can't believe teams. I know that there's like New England, like they love playing man to man. How do teams, even if your pre- like preference is man to man, how against Justin Fields are you dropping back in the man to man? Yeah, like I don't care down. if you're leaving. I don't care if you're leaving a spy in there. Like it's still not going to work for you. Teams are zeroing too, and like the, I, they're like trying to like get to Justin. And I, this is where I think we've seen the most growth. Justin is finding his reads well against blitzes yeah. recently. Like the uh, best play call of the season was that on the zero blitz and they throw that screen England, pass out. Yeah. Oh, that my was goodness. perfect. That, that was, was incredible money. by Justin. And then also, I don't know if you noticed it, but the pass to Nikhil Harry, that was a touchdown, was also a zero blitz from the Dallas Cowboys, which I mean, zero is hard. It's even harder when you're going against that Dallas Cowboys line, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. that's that's difficult. So uh, really happy to see that, um, man. And uh, you know what? I'm even not, you know, I'm gonna make this prediction. The bears are going to convert their first two point conversion. Every single two point conversion no play way. this year has been horrible. <laughs> Every single time it's just been terrible. I don't know why we'd go for a two point conversion, but you know what? I'm just going to breathe it in the air, uh, on a positive note. We're going to get a two point conversion. So man, Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. Well, All right, guys. But uh, any other any other comments, Reese, before we uh, end out the show? No, no. I, I like your prediction. Let's let's hope that it, it plays out. Um, exciting time to be a Bears fan, though. So, yeah. um, real fun podcast. To be able to go over all this and uh, appreciate the continued support as always. Yep. Bear down. Bear down. <laughs>